Dear friends in Christ, uh, on the basis of that great commission that uh, Christ had given his disciples and us, I also want to focus on what Paul says in Romans chapter 10. And he mentions about what we are to do and what people do as followers of Christ. He says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can we call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There was a reported story that became well known, even though it has not been fully verified. It dates back to the beginning of the 20th century. And wireless operators for their entire careers aboard the U.S. Navy and merchant ships, they had to listen to Morse code through their headphones. Well, a few days before Christmas in 1906, the operators from the shore informed the ship's crews to Listen at 9 p.m. on Christmas Eve, and there's going to be something special. Well, with curiosity, those ship's operators, they tuned in as was suggested, and suddenly they heard something that really made them think that they were dreaming. They heard singing, and a violin solo, and a man speaking. Some of them called their captains and ship's officers to come and listen along with them. Well, the person responsible was Reginald Fessenden. And he's best known for his pioneering work in developing radio technology. That also includes the foundations for what's known as amplitude modulation. You know what that is. It's AM radio. Anybody still use that? (laughs) Yeah, it's on your... Even phones can get AM radio, amazingly. Well, his achievements... They included the first transmission of speech by radio back in 1900, in that year. And on that Christmas Eve in 1906, he succeeded in transmitting voice and music together over the air. And Fessenden played a violin solo of O Holy Night, and he even ended up singing the last verse. He also read from Luke chapter 2 about the birth of Jesus Christ. Luke's account of the angels singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men with, of goodwill, that was heard as if it were a miracle to them. And Fessenden concluded his broadcast, of course, by wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. Isn't it amazing that the first ever radio broadcast was one that proclaimed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? I wonder, did anything spark in the hearts of those ship's operators as they heard the good news of the gospel? That's my prayer that, as I share with you today, that something sparks in your heart as well, so that you too can be inspired to broadcast your faith, so that others can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. 
In Romans chapter 10, that's really crucial showing of why it's so important to transmit that gospel, that good news, for those whose ears might be tuning in to hear what we have to say. So what does Paul say about the words that can identify us as dependable and reliable Christians? Well, in the verse that's prior to our text, Paul states that the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. For Paul, the word of faith, it doesn't require a a formal religious education or an extensive theological type of vocabulary. No, it's near you, he says. It's on your lips and in your heart. The challenge for us is simply to express it. Every one of us has a faith story, one that would really benefit others if we tell it to them. And people will not judge us harshly. Instead, they'll look at us in a very positive light. In Fairfax, Virginia, there was a a woman who was there in that Presbyterian congregation, and one Sunday she says, I believe in God. And she admitted that such a statement wasn't really so unusual or unique. But if you had known me before, she said, and then you looked at me now, standing in front of you, saying, I believe in God, you may have wondered what had happened. It's a good question. What happened to her? Well, she gave the answer. You happened to me. All of you, as part of this community of faith, happened to me. And how did that happen? I grew up in a home without a faith. I was an atheist. I was kind and compassionate. I just didn't believe. It just didn't matter. But then she read a newspaper article about that church, and it pulled her to it. And she visited and wondered, are they really going to want me here? Are they really going to welcome an unbeliever, an atheist? Her answer is, well, you did. A church member led her into the sanctuary and sat next to her during her first worship service. And she joined a new member group, and she felt much at home. She was baptized, and the congregation promised to nurture her in her faith. And then members invited her to become involved in the church in many significant ways. To say that I believe in God, she concluded, means to say that I believe that hope is stronger than despair. Suffering than pain will always, always be followed by healing. With, within darkness there is light, and death, death is never final. Each of us has a faith story to tell. And the challenge is to tell it. Whether it's when it started as an, an infant, as we were baptized into that family of God, or when we were older. Whenever we speak of how God has been at work in us, we're showing the world what we believe. Most people will not condemn us because of our faith, but instead they will see us as dependable and reliable. Paul promises the Romans that anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Paul makes it his declaration about confessing our faith in verses 9 and 10. And he says, 
If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then Paul goes on and he reverses about the heart and the mouth in those orders. There's also three important words that you see in those verses. Those words in each verse are confess, believe, and saved. Much like Reginald Fessenden did in 1906, when we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that only through Jesus Christ can we be saved from our unrighteousness, well then, we're in effect broadcasting the message of our faith for many to hear. Now, we might not be mic'd for a recording session or uh, an amplification type of system like I am right now, so you can hear me. But we know that our voices, too, they might not go out electronically you know, through the airwaves, but the effect is still the same. Our voices are like radio transmitters that send messages over the air for others to hear. You see, when we speak, our lungs, our diaphragm, our vocal cords, mouth, teeth, and even our tongue, as one God-designed instrument, they produce waveforms, and they travel through the air as radio frequencies. Our mouths produce the same sounds as do radios and televisions and computers and the like. The only difference is simply the tool in which that sound is created and the frequencies by which that sound travels. The real miracle isn't in just you and me sharing our faith stories. It also comes from the hearing, the hearing of the message that we tell others. How is it received? That's why Paul really restates the understanding that God wants us to use our voices as divinely created radio instruments to broadcast that good news of Jesus Christ for all to hear. And how do we do that? Why do we do it? Well, let's take a look at verses 14 and 15. How can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can those people preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Again, Paul asks a bunch of rhetorical questions here. He he wants to get us to think. He knows we already know the answer, but he wants us to think about that answer. You see, like the early church, we're probably not very different. We, We like to come up with excuses, and maybe every excuse under the sun, that it's someone else's responsibility to broadcast our faith. Well, the Holy Spirit does gift some people with that specific spiritual gift of evangelism and preaching. God still expects all believers to share our faith stories with others who have never heard the gospel or to speak it to those people who have faith in Christ and to build up their faith. And when we share our faith stories with others, you know what happens? Our faith increases too. So does that faith of the hearer. Again, in answering his own question, Paul quotes the prophet Isaiah when he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And Isaiah, he takes it even further. He says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, 
who bring and proclaim salvation, bring good tidings, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And what both Isaiah and Paul are saying here is really that your faith story, it's beautiful. And when you share that wonderful story with others, God sees your inner beauty. Through his questions and answer, Paul is telling the Roman church that if you don't share your faith, then it's possible that some people aren't going to find salvation. They're not going to confess their sins. Paul's saying here to us as well, you have already confessed, believed, and are saved. Now be like a radio transmitter. Share your faith with others so that they can hear and believe the good news that Christ died for our sins and rose from the grave. Now we know that not everybody who we share our faith with is going to confess their sins or believe and find salvation. But our job isn't to convert them. It's only to share that faith that's in our hearts. We know that the Holy Spirit, he's got the tough job of changing hearts. We need to just share what is in ours. And we know that that's an awesome privilege that God gives to us. This summer, we are able to do just that in a very special way by a a group of people recording a DVD here in our studio in the music room. We did that for the children up at Trapper Creek, Alaska. And let me give you a little sample of, of what we went through in doing that. The theme was a chemistry lab, God's Wonder Lab. And our team here of Bill and Barb Lepke and Ray Ann Sonoris and Lori Klaus and Lori's friend Gordy there, uh, we were able to share with the children the good news. It was all based on miracles of Jesus and what he went through and the people went through because of that. And as we did that, we would start off with an opening session that I would talk about the theme and uh, introduce certain things, and then we would end up going to, first of all, God's Word. And we have a Bible reading in which we didn't just read it to them, but able to show them through what's called a visual Bible, uh, the words and some backgrounds to make it more interesting for the kids. They're doing this at their homes, not at a church or any place else. So hopefully their families are able to uh, be able to see that as well, possibly, and maybe we're touching more lives. That story was about the uh, disciples and Jesus uh, in, on the water. After the scripture reading, there would be James and Megan who would talk about the theme as well. And then there would be a song. Uh, this is the, the theme song called Marvelous Things. And each day had its own special song as well. So the children, they get to do the actions, hopefully, and learn them that way, and just to be able to uh, celebrate the joy that's in Christ. And each of those songs, uh, they are able to play as many times as they want and to share that, hopefully, with others as well. And then at the closing session, James would do some experiments. Here he's mixing some food coloring, and he's going to take white carnations and put them into each of the jars. And what's going to happen is the tint from the food coloring will actually go up to the flowers. Don't know if you knew that could happen. It's a miracle, as we would say. Well, 
Herr Professor uh, Bill would uh, end up doing a lot of experiments. This is putting some baking soda uh, into a balloon and then shaking it down in some water. And we know when that happens, the, the fizzing and all produces the air there to blow up the balloons. Barb was our school teacher, and uh, she was able to present the lessons uh, that second day with Jesus and the disciples. Uh, we used little uh, hand puppets. And there's, you know, good old Peter, he's walking on the water until he takes his eyes off, and there he goes down. And Jesus lifts him up, as we know from Scripture. And then they end up returning to the boat. We had many different types of teaching methods for the kids. And after the lesson, uh, Barb would reinforce that lesson, possibly with some books and pictures, and uh, then talk to Gordy as an active student in class, since we didn't have any kids we could see face-to-face. And Barb would show this booklet that each of the kids would be getting, and uh, Gordy was pretty proud because he showed off what he did for uh, his work as well. And then we would have some pictures and a Bible verse on the back. And it was a Bible memory verse each and every day. Here you see, the whole earth is full of your glory, is what Barb is sharing. So we would repeat it a few times so that they would understand. And then we had the song of that verse that the kids would be able to sing as well with the actions. And it wasn't just them watching that girl singing Someone else had to get into the action, too. You know who that is? It's Gordy. Yeah. So he ends up singing as well. <laughs> and he, he loved to sing. And uh, so uh, as we did that, uh, we were able to present different ways. And then we had a, a very special time as well uh, with having multiple science experiments each day. Uh, here the hair professor is uh, taking a dry erase marker on the Pyrex dish, and he says... Don't do this at home. <laughs> Your mother won't like it. So take some hot water, and just as Peter is walking on the water in Jesus, that dry erase marker is now floating on top of the dish. So uh, a lot of different beautiful visual examples. Uh, Ray Ann was great in leading the kids with her artistic abilities in uh, showing them the crafts. And each of the kids got all the crafts and the supplies. So she would go through and very detailed show them just how to do it. Uh, This was a sand art project, and uh, she ended up uh, showing how to peel the uh, letters off and then to put the sand art on top. We also had a kite uh, that the the kids would make. There were uh, special butterflies uh, and a couple of stained glass sun catchers uh, that uh, they were able to either paint or do with tissue paper. We even gave them an extra uh, type of craft on top of all the others that were given to us. And so uh, all those things were special ways. These are the backpacks and the the contents that were sent to each of the children. There were uh, 18 children uh, in the VBS that we had gotten names for with booklets and the three packets of school supplies for the regular school. The top one was a very personal gift, and then the bottom was the crafts and the supplies for it that uh, we just can't thank so much our LWML. Those ladies were putting these packets all together for us and everything in them uh, while we were in that room trying to make our video to make all that happen. So uh, the kids have this at their home, and uh, we just uh, give thanks to God that even in the midst of COVID 
and we couldn't get up there, we still did get up there. And that's why Jesus you know, says to those disciples, you know, not just here in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, but even to the ends of the earth. And uh, it's, sometimes it seems like Alaska's at the end of the earth. But uh, we, we do get out there, and we hopefully will next year as well. Allow me to end with a, another story. In 1930, King George V was slated to deliver a speech to a naval conference in London. And the speech was going to be broadcast on the radio, making it the biggest international radio broadcast to date, and the first time that many people would hear King George V speak. And during the live broadcast, someone in the control room tripped over the generator wires that were energizing the network. And it, was, it ended up breaking up the connection. And Harold Vivian, the chief control operator of the Columbia Broadcasting Company in New York, he immediately grabbed those disconnected cables, restoring the circuit and cha- cha- really channeling the king's speech through his agitating body. Why was it agitating? Well, there were 250 volts going through his body. And he held on for 20 minutes until they were able to get that broken wire really fixed up. And by his own body, as a conduit, millions of people were able to hear the king speak for the first time. Like then, the world today is waiting to hear the message of the king. But that king is namely Jesus. And one way for that message to go through is if we, who profess to be his disciples, if we end up being a conduit, to be like a radio transmitter that broadcasts the message of the king. My question to you this morning is, will you allow the king's message of faith to be broadcast through you? In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.